1: hello and welcome to security and secure hosted by johnny seaford this is the podcast where i say it's okay to not be okay and if you have the same mantra as me then before we get to today's guest please subscribe to security and secure whilst you're listening and at the end of the episode leave a five-star rating and a review now let me tell you about my guest this week guest this week is the ceo of main all-stars cheerleading and you will know him for not one not two but three tv shows in 2022 first it was blankety blank then it was seth's pat lunch and then he was on the traitors where he was one of the faithfuls and oh my god what a show it was on bbc one last year everyone started watching it and it just blue and people are still starting it now and i don't understand it i've already done australia and i've already done america why are people still starting the england one you need to get across the world it's so good and tell me more and how life has changed for him now he's got his new celebrity stage so i'm delighted to welcome to second it's the A main hello mate
2: hey up. thanks for having me <laughs> that was an epic intro by the way i sound so famous <laughs> well you've done a lot
1: in a short amount of time my friend
2: i have to be fair when you put it like that i have actually looking back on last year it's been epic it all started from blankety blank and i was just like do you know what i've, I've always wanted to be an entertainer and then when i got on blankety blanks I, I love being in front of the camera and let's see what else i can do so i just applied for loads of shows and here we are today and
1: that's the way to do it and it's funny because that is literally what i did when i was like 17 18 years old and i'd go for an audition at tipping point and then i was on who's doing the dishes and then i was on i don't know what it was called someone the people's jury or something on channel four and i did some game show with phil spencer uh the common denominator just random random shows and what's funny is that you get such a buzz out of it you know it's that whole experience of going to the green room having your clothes getting your biscuits then going on set seeing the cameras and you feel part of a family and it's funny because then you go to more auditions and it's the same people you're like. Oh, didn't we do that pilot show together that year? And, oh, we've done, we, we did that show for Sky, and that was also a pilot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's such a small circuit, isn't it? And also, really, really, really quickly to wrap this up, is bring a book to your audition because everyone seems to know how the auditions work. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a TV extra, and they come with their book, and I'm like, now I never go anywhere without my book.
2: I love that. I do actually have a book, The Success, uh, like Success Principles. I used to read that, and I still read it now until halfway through it, but it is, it is such a tight knit circle. I mean, Different shows, obviously, have different people. I've applied for even more shows. It's just, I'm just taking each day as it comes, really, and just seeing what happens in my life.
1: <laughs> let's go back to the beginning, so I'm really fascinated to know about what was that point that you thought, oh, do you know what? I want that fame. I want that TV. I've got a craving for it, and that craving is getting booger and booger and bigger. So let's go back to your school days, Theo. What were you like at school?
2: I was actually the complete opposite. I was so shy. <laughs> I was still, like, a bubbly person. Obviously, um, that was the year I came out as gay game, my last final school year. So I was always quite shy and timid, but I've always wanted to be a performer, an entertainer, just to make people laugh and smile. And just because I think I'm just a normal person. I know obviously people like say, oh, you're a celebrity now, but I always say, no, I'm just still me. Yeah, life was not the easiest for any gay man. It's always a struggle, a bit of a, a hard kind of tough growing up. but. I've always kind of seen the light at the end of tunnels. I've always pushed myself each day and learned by my mistakes and always kind of strive to be successful. And what is success? Like, I'm still, like, yet to, to find that. So people may may think that I'm doing really well. But do you know what? I always just say to myself, I can do better. I can reach the stars and I've I've got to do what it takes to get there, really.
1: So what was your coming out journey? You know, you've been in school. You've decided, this is my moment. What got you to that point of going, I'm going to do it whilst I'm at school and not wait till you leave school?
2: So I was 17, so I would have been in college. <laughs> God, I'm getting so old now. I'm 27, I feel like, was it so I think it was, at, like, mid, middle of college. I was 17, so I would have been, yeah, definitely college. Don't even know my own life story. Low. I don't know. It was just like a pressure cooker. I was starting to get a lot, sh- like putting a lot of pressure on myself i was getting stressed i was always snapping at my family and stuff like that and i just wanted to just explode and when i came out to my mum, i little i wrote her a little letter i was like yeah hey to mum, x y and z i'm gay obviously my mum just came into my room i left it on her bed and she came in and she gave me a big hug she's like i knew that <laughs> like, oh, for god's sake <laughs> i mean everybody knows around you everybody in your family always knows apart from yourself and i think it's just coming to terms with are you going to be accepted in your family? How are people going to now look at you? And then it's things like, I'm not going to be able to give my mum kids and stuff like that. I mean, obviously in the modern world you can adopt, but it's just always, it's one thing after the other and you're always down to yourself and kind of worried of what being gay would affect not only yourself, but those around you. And I think that's why I bottled it up for so long. I mean, 17 is quite a young age to come out. There's a lot of people out there that don't come out to like 30, nearly like, there was, I read a story the other day and somebody was, in it, I think it was 60. I was like, how, how did I live the life this long? And now I feel, I feel free as a bird. And <laughs> well,
1: what did that do to you mentally, that coming out moment? Because like you said, you're unsure. And it's that thing of, well, if I open that can of worms, then what happens? I can't go back into the closet. So what happens if I do fancy a girl afterwards?
2: Do you know what? It's a relief. To, to come out, obviously, that weight's lift off your shoulder. You don't have to hide behind the mask. The mask is off. I'm just like, hey, this is me now. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate women. They're very good looking. A lot of my my best friends are really good looking. I'm like, I really appreciate you, but I'm just not attracted to you at all. And that's how I know I'm obviously, I prefer men. Like, my, I've been with my partner nearly five years now. And you sometimes feel embarrassed to talk about being gay. And that's on the show. I had a massive part of obviously being accepted in the modern world, it's still quite tough. Sometimes I still walk into these like auditions feeling, am I too much? Are people not gonna accept me for who I am? And I'm just, it's a constant battle. Although I'm out, you're still battling with yourself. You're still kind of second guessing your nature and second guessing what you should do and how you should act. And like, I hope when I get bigger and more famous, let's say I can use my voice to just to tell people, it's okay, life is okay to be who you are everybody's uniquely different and embrace that just embrace who you are really
1: well that's the interesting thing about the show as well as the fact that representation was such a big thing on the show and yet it was so small it wasn't really spoken about you know obviously you were there and everyone knew that you were gay and you had meryl there and everyone knew that she wasn't born as one should and it was it didn't matter you had every shape size ethnicity gender it was just a really nice way of having a show. The same as what we had with Big Brother back in the day. It wasn't a thing. You know, you get educated. Like I remember when Courtney Act was on Big Brother and on the Year of the Women in 2018. It was great. No one cared. And it's funny because then you come to other shows and it's like, it becomes a big thing and it's how it's a tick box. With the traitors, it didn't feel like a tick box. So how did you find it actually in there? Did you feel like a tick box? Did you think, no, they accept me. That's what they wanted.
2: No, yeah. The welfare... Everybody I met, like, from the BBC, from Studio Lambert, were all really nice people. And You didn't feel like a tick box at all. It was just so nice to be a part of such a diverse cast. When they asked me, what have you taken away from this experience? I said, just meeting, like, just normal day-to-day people, but diverse people that I will cherish and hold in my heart forever because we are all gone through the same experience. We can all talk about it, and it was just so nice to be a part of that diversity, and I think I always because my dream is to become a TV presenter, a TV per- personality, and when you go onto TV at five o'clock, it sounds really wrong, but it's all white people. It's you've got Ben Shepherd on Tipping Point, Bradley Walsh. There's no diversity on normal daytime TV, and I'm just striving to get more people out there, more Yorkshire folk as well. <laughs> but Diversity is getting better in TV and movies, on theatre, in the West End. It's definitely getting better, but it's still not good enough. It's still a battle, and it shouldn't have to be that. We're in 2023, and people need to start and get some diversity in the industry.
1: <laughs> why does it matter to you that there isn't a diversity because like you said you've grown up you've gone I want to be a TV presenter you've been applying for these shows you've been getting on these shows that you wanted to do. So where was that moment you thought actually there isn't enough diversity there for you
2: When I've grown up I've always it's always been the same people on TV and then like going into the industry now and still seeing the same people on the TV I'm like what when's the change gonna happen? When is somebody different? Why has it took, what, nearly 10 years for Alison Hammond to actually get on that sofa? And this morning, why has it took her 10 years to get to that point? And I just think to myself, I I feel like people resonate with me. I'm just relatable. I've come from nothing and I've built something. And people relate to that. Um, and that's why I, am I put pressure on myself to always be successful and always try and show people you can come from any background. You can You can be black and gay. You can be... Like Merrill or you can be like Amos, a black doctor, and you can be successful. You don't. There's no right or wrong, and I feel like sometimes TV always puts the wrong kind of kind of impression across. But yeah, I do a diverse sport. Cheerleading is not talked about, and that's why I love it because it's so diverse. And like, not it's not like gymnastics where you've got to be ripped to shreds and muscular, and you've got to execute all these skills correct. Yes, cheerleading is still a very hard sport. And it's still very demanding. But you've got people from all ethnicities, all shapes, all sizes, all abilities as well. We have disabled teams in the cheerleading industry. And that's why I like being a part of it, because I feel included in it. I feel the inclus- inclusivity. That's a big word for me. Mum, I'm pretty proud. I know that I will become the beacon of light. And it's just getting there. It's just getting my I feel like I've got the foot in the door now. I've got the right people around me. I just need to just fly my flag high and just keep pushing.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss a lot
3: can happen in the next three years like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times
2: forward to the future
1: you do and the future is very bright and obviously pride is coming up this year i'm sure you'll be one of the big celebrity faces of pride what do you want to say to the lgbt allies and those who aren't in the lgbt community about what the community is like at the moment and the pressures you've got
2: i think it's massive for me i met a woman a Glorious woman at Gay Pride Awards. She was like, I'd love to kind of connect with you, get you on Black Pride and Birmingham Pride. I'm talking to Manchester Pride as well. Naz from there, he's lovely. I think what I would say to people is literally, it's okay it is it's completely okay to be yourself it's going to be a struggle it's going to be hard life's not easy day-to-day life can be a struggle even sometimes getting out of bed and i always tell my athletes the first part of being successful is making your bed in the morning and once you've done that you've done the first achievement on a day and then you can take the world by storm but it's been so i've been so welcomed by the gay community as well obviously with saying that speech on the dinner party on the show, everybody, the messages that came in was overwhelming. When people see me in the street, they literally, the first thing they do is give me a hug. I met a, lo- a woman, a lovely woman in London the other day, and she just went, oh, you're from the traitors, and just she just opened her arms. And that's what I want to do to people. I want to give them a safe space and just open my arms to them and just say, it's okay. You've got this, and don't let any negative Nelly put you down, because you can be who you want to be and just keep pushing who you are and just embrace that
1: well exactly we don't want any negative Nellies here my friend so no definitely not see ya so what are you doing with that fame how are you finding it because mentally it must be this thing of this was what I always wanted now you've got it how are you finding it
2: do you know what to be honest it's very it's very draining the uncertainty of fame I think people don't realize you, you you do something, and then afterwards, it's a massive drop. It goes zero to 100 and then back down to zero. Like me, in, like currently applying for jobs, I'm having to go back to a job to work to bring money in because I'm not financially stable enough to be able to do what I want to do at the moment. I'm having to go back to work to get money behind me because... TV's all good and well and you do all the fantastic stuff and then boom, that's it, that's it until the next gig. And you never know when the next gig's going to be. It's and doing self-tapes, it's it's like turning up to auditions, meeting other producers, networking, going to events, all, all these stuff it doesn't sometimes add up to being successful you've got to grind and i think people see people on tv and be like oh they must have the life of luxury and it's not the graft you have to put in it's hard it's really hard to keep relevant to stay present to keep your face out there luckily we've got uh, massive like um, opportunities within like social media and how they are like tiktok's one of the fastest growing platforms and being on that is good and it gives you keeps your face still out there but it's not good enough to kind of keep you in the tv kind of eye it's it's two separate things being an influencer and then you know, being it's just all so crazy it's wild but do you know what i know that i've just got to get a job i'll probably get a job and then someone will come knocking on the door and be like oh i'm so sorry i know you just employed me but i'm just going back on telly love bye <laughs> but the grind is hard and i think i don't know i just think people think it's all easy and it's not all
1: but also it's the keeping up with the Jones idea is the fact that and i know a lot of reality stars and there's a lot of pressure financially you know you're based in leeds to have to come to london all the time for the events for the premieres for the opening of an event of launch of an event that's expensive you know you're getting the train down you're staying in a hotel you need a makeup artist you need a hair artist if you're a girl as well there's a lot of pressure to be seen and it's not a case of... I mean, I do. I Google myself every day and I've got Google at <laughs> So do I. And it's, it's really, but the pressure of I need to be on Google, I need to stay relevant. And for me, that's just getting news articles out there. For you, it's being papped. Have I been seen? Am I at the, uh, you know, the next theater opening? If Amanda's there and Wilf is there, why am I not there? There must be a lot of pressure to think I've got to be seen. I've got to be there now that I've got this fame.
2: Yeah. It's like my partner was saying the other day, it's all, it's all good and well. You're doing stuff like this and events i'm turning up but what are they getting you are they paying you i'm like yeah but no but i've got to it's networking it's people i'm meeting in the industry that then like widens my horizon but then again i'm not getting money and i'm going to have to get money it's just a constant battle i mean just like you said i constantly googled myself i'm like oh god what have I done wrong but I know I will get there. It's all about building my network. I've been fortunate enough to be with the BBC and i would quite pally with some of the people in BBC. So they know my dreams. They know what I want to do. So that's good. It's that kind of settling for me to know that they know that I, what I want and they're always thinking of bits and bobs like that. And I speak to... I'm not going to name drop anybody. Cause I might get in trouble, but the lovely lady I speak to and she's always like, we'll be in touch and we'll sort something out. So, yeah, we don't, I don't know. It's just, I think at this time of year, people as well, in the TV industry, a lot of budgets and stuff like that don't go live to, like, March. So January and February is such a quiet... It's like after Christmas in any industry. it's Everything's so quiet. Nothing really fires up till March, and that's when you get the jobs in and stuff like that. So it's kind of just... Ticking over to then and then see what
1: comes. Well, that's the other thing as well is that you're kind of competing with all the Love Island stars who are about to come out, yet they've come out with yeah. no following. Your following was very organic, and what I like about the traders as well is through word of mouth. No one really wanted to be on there to win the money, obviously. No one really wanted to be there to be famous. People just wanted to do it because they wanted to experience that TV, and although a lot of you had. Followings on TikTok. You know, Alex had 50,000 TikTok followers before she went on the show. Wolf had a couple of thousand followers as well. Holly's got uh, her comedian career. Maddie's an actress. It was all felt very organic of, oh, I just want to do a show. Exactly what I would do. You're not doing it for the fame. You're doing it because you actually just want to be part of the TV industry as if you're doing any
2: other job. 100%. It was a challenge as well. I was like, when I first went in, I was like, oh my God, because with me being a coach and coaching athletes and being in the cheer industry, I was like, this would really help me like, understand myself more, like, push myself, step out of my comfort zone and just show my athletes and people around me, my family, that I'm capable of doing this. Obviously, I cried a lot because it was emotionally draining and quite intense. But it gave me that platform to, to understand who I was as a person and know how strong and I came out stronger. I mean, I, did, I tried to dabble in a bit of influencing before I went in. I only had like 5,000 followers, but it's nice just to go up. And it's funny that you mentioned Love Island, I think, obviously, we've over-surpassed what Love Island views are, and I don't really like TV shows like that, because it paints a bad picture on how you should look, you should be, like, ripped, you should have good teeth. I mean, my teeth are knackered. I think that's why people just resonate with our show so much, because we're all just genuinely normal people, like, literally.
1: Well, that's exactly it, Theo. That's exactly it. So how's 2023 shaping up for you?
2: So far, at the moment, <laughs> a bit crazy. I've been going to a couple of events and bits like that, but like I said previously, I'm just currently, obviously not getting paid for anything at the moment, so I'm having to go back to work, just obviously to, to bring the money in, so I can go to the events and stuff. Because, like was just said, though so nine times out of ten, in London, my management are based in London. So any northern, I did actually contact a northern kind of PR company, but they're just all bothered about Love Island. Stars, I'm like, you know what? That's that's a blessing in disguise that they don't want me because then, <laughs> yeah, it's literally just kind of taking each day as it comes. I know there's things in the pipeline, but I know I need to kind of wait for them to come out. I think a big one for me this year will hopefully doing projects for BBC Children's Need because that's like a childhood dream come come true. I've watched that growing up. But I've also, I've told my management that I want to do something big. I want to get me on, like, Strictly Come Dancing and sing, so Mass Singer. I've got, like, a top four, basically. Mass Singer, dancer, and Nice, Strictly Come Dancing, and I'm a celeb. I want to do one of them this year. Like, get me on one of them. So we'll just see. i just literally, what you see is what you get. I just take it as it comes.
1: I love it. I love the dream. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a celeb, Strictly Might Be Hard. Dancing on ice, though, is not unreasonable. Have you had conversations with them yet?
2: But my management did reach out. But uh, we've not heard anything yet, okay. so we'll we'll see.
1: So if anyone from is listening now from uh, Dancing Life and you're casting for next year because you have to basically have your lineup confirmed by July so they can go into rehearsals in September. Theo is here and he's ready to be on it.
2: Yeah, I am. i would be well. well I, I think I've been quite a lot of good attributes to it. I'm a cheerleader. I can lift. I mean, I would. I wouldn't actually do a same-sex partner, and I wouldn't want to upset the gay community by that. But I feel like I could be more successful skating with a woman because of what I do, like cheerleading-wise. But yeah, that might cause a lot of chaos. But, but that's what. What I would happens want to do. if
1: they did say you're doing it, but you have to dance with a man?
2: I'd do it. <laughs> I'd have to do it, but I'd be like, I'm doing the lifting. I am doing the lifting because I don't. I hate being lifted. I hate it. Hence why I'm a base in cheerleading. I do get lifted. I'm six foot three. I don't want to be lifted up off the ground. I'm tall enough, thank you very much.
1: Well, exactly. And girls, definitely. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to pick you up as a six foot three guy.
2: No, I'm heavy as well.
1: <laughs> that was V.O. Main from the traitors. Oh, Great conversation that was, and I absolutely love the traders so If you've not seen a BBC iPlayer. Go and watch the UK series, then the American series, and then find the Australian series online because they are brilliant. And it'll be back later this year. You've been listening to this with me, Johnny Seaford. you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, subscribe to it, and share it with a friend. And just keep spreading the word that it's okay to not be okay. Until next time, I'm Johnny Seaford. Thank you, and goodbye.